Morning, church. What's up? So I was crying a lot through worship, so trying to gather my thoughts here. But uh, welcome, everybody. So for those of you that don't know, um, my name is Kevin, and as Billy said, I'm the college pastor here at Antioch Community Church, and I'm thankful to be here. So before I really even get into more of who I am, uh, I'm going to make this a little bit inter- interactive. Uh, because I'm gonna have to do this twice. And so I'm gonna make sure I'm awake, but I wanna make sure you're awake. So it's 9 a.m. So real quick, all of you, please just say holy. holy. All right, let's try that one more time. Say holy. holy. Okay, now we're gonna say freedom. Say freedom. freedom. All right, say it again one more time. Freedom. Okay, so you're gonna see a blank on the screen, so y'all fill it in. On the screen, it's gonna say, you shall be holy for I am. Holy. All right, let's try that one more time. You shall be holy for I am. Okay, and the next verse is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's great. Amen. All right, that's it. So, that's my sermon. Uh, honestly, that could do it right there, and y'all could go home, and it'd be amazing. But don't worry, I did prayer, uh, prepare a little bit more. Uh, so, this is a picture of my family real quick. I'm doing this because I know there's some new faces in the room. These are my twin daughters. They just hit three. So, in my right is Maranatha Grace, and in my left is Rayma Truth. And then my son, who's almost 10 months old, Banner Bright. Yes, he's my son. He has red hair, blue eyes. He's amazing. And then my beautiful wife, Hope, been married over four years. So that's my family. Uh, if you haven't met us, please introduce yourself. We'd love to get to know you. But uh, if you also have been here since, I guess, the last week or so, we've been going through this series called Loving God. That's the series we're in. Uh, and so Pastor Tyler last week talked us through uh, Acts 9, but in, about encountering God. Um, and so he walks us through uh, from Saul to Paul, what that was like. So if you missed it, uh, I'm sure you could find it somewhere online. But to continue this series of loving God, I have the privilege of talking about walking in holiness. So I will be talking about walking in holiness. And even, you know, I was reminded as I was preparing um, this summer, if you were here or not, we did uh, like these round tables and we only preached for like 15 minutes. It was great. Uh, but on that, I taught from Hebrews uh, about laying aside every hindrance and every, you know, and sin which clings so closely. And I did a lot of like truth and identity bombs. So if you're just like, man, I just want to be reminded, like, who am I in Christ? I'm not really going to go through that specifically this morning, verse by verse, like I did. Don't worry, I have tons of scriptures we're going through. But really, that's just a great supplemental thing you could find online for the, from the Let Us series, uh, if you want some of those identity bombs. But church, before I get into it, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us real quick. So Father God, I just thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here and that you love every single one of us in this room. And so, Lord, I'm just asking you now, as I've been asking you all week, to go before me and just prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us this morning, myself included. Jesus, we love you. Teach us more about walking in holiness. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen. So, like I said, um, whether you're new or you've been here for a while, uh, I really believe as I've been praying about this teaching that there is something for every single one of us in this room, myself included. Uh, whether it's a passage I read, a story I share, I believe there's something for you. So, so don't forget that as I like fire hydrant information overload you this morning. Uh, I'll apologize on the front end, but I'm, I'm not just going quickly for time. I'm going quickly because there was so much God put on my heart for this 
Sunday, and I, I would not uh, do him a service if I was short on that. So, so a little bit about me. Um, I am the college pastor here, and I've been doing that for now almost one year, or I guess over a year, uh, but I've actually had the privilege of being a part of this community and this family uh, for the last 10 years, which is like crazy to think about. Uh, I'm actually not that old, uh, but I feel like I'm old when I say that I've been here for 10 years. Uh, but it was about a couple years ago when the Hardys, so Tyler and Ashley, had invited my wife and I to come on staff uh, as the college pastors. Um, and, you know, that is like in itself, if you know us personally, that was like a whole journey in itself. Uh, so if you're even curious about what that was like for her and I, please come and ask. Uh, but really, like, there was a story in that story or that journey that the Lord had highlighted to me this week that I just wanted to share with y'all and really like recount in, in my mind uh, what that was like. And so just a quick, you know, brief history on that. I moved here when I was 17 years old. I attempted to go to school, was also working full-time. If you can imagine, that did not work well, so props to you that are doing that. Uh, but I ended up just working full-time, didn't finish out school, uh, and so I ended up like going to basic training. I came back, tried to do school again. That didn't work. I was doing terrible. I'm not ashamed of this, but my GPA was like probably like a 1.7 or something. I wouldn't really show up. Wouldn't really study. It was terrible. Uh, but then I went to school to become a fireman and a paramedic, and it was great. I did that for the last five years for the city of Bryan. I loved, I actually love that job, although I don't do it, and I, I really do miss it. But within there, so that's like the last 10 years. If you've just missed out, that's my life. Uh, but really, um, what, what I, the Lord was reminding me in that process of those earlier years of me being here, so from like 17 to 20, the Lord was reminding me of, of when now my wife and I were processing through coming on staff, you know, we were praying about it and journaling and looking at journals from the last, you know, X amount of years. And, and I started to see where, uh, whether this, you know, the enemy, my flesh, just tempting thoughts, but these like disqualifications. So there's two I'm really going to highlight. Uh, but the first was I didn't even go to school. Like I didn't go to college. Uh, how could I relate to those that I'm supposed to be like ministering to and walking alongside? Like that was the first immediate thought, which I knew was not from the Lord, but it was tempting to be like, how could I do this if I can't even, I don't even, I knew what it was like growing in my faith working, uh, but I don't really know what it's like growing in my faith being just with what I had as a student. But then really it's the second disqualification that w was the hardest for me. But I felt like, you know, if there's anyone I could put on blast from stage, it's, it's myself. So that's okay. Don't feel uncomfortable. I, I, I've already, you know, this was my life. So uh, the second disqualification was as a uh, college life group leader. So if you, you know your life group leaders, I was a college life group leader. And I actually, it was an amazing journey, amazing time. But I had to then step down from leadership because of sin in my life. There was sin in my life that I, I wasn't like keeping to myself, but I just needed the Lord to like work through in me. And, and honestly, I could tell you that was like one of the hardest, but like best seasons of my life. I can say that now did not feel that way 10 years ago. Uh, I felt really lonely, but because I isolated myself, it felt really uh, shameful, but because I chose to, to like carry condemnation and judgment, um, but I'm so grateful, hear me, for the leadership that was here at that time because they knew it was best, not just for my life group and our section and the college ministry, they knew it was best for me. They knew whether I understood it, but there was, there was work God needed to do in my heart because there were so many things, not just sin, but like identities and beliefs that I didn't understand that I needed him to walk me through. And that was a journey that, that was amazing, but was, was really hard. 
And so I say that, that for, you know, as I, the, my wife and I were processing this journey on coming on staff, uh, those disqualifications came up where I'm like, how, you know, I not only was a college life group leader, but I actually chose sin repeatedly, which, you know, disqualified me. And so, but I took that on as that identity um, that like, oh, well, I'm just a sinner. This will always be my life. How could I ever be asked or even expected to lead anyone? So now if you would have told that 18, 19 year old kid who dropped out of school, had to step out of leadership within the church because of sin, that I would have gone on to like become a college pastor, uh, but not just like a leader, but like within a church and then not just any church, but this church, I would have told you that that was nonsense that that was like impossible, that shouldn't be allowed, uh, no matter how long ago that was. And you know, I just wouldn't have believed you if you told me that at 18 or 19 years old. But now like, don't mishear me. This isn't like a story that I'm trying to recap for you to show you like, man, I just worked so hard. I like stopped sinning. You know, it's like, it wasn't this self-motivating thing. Really, it was, wow, God's faithfulness, God's holiness, his redeeming nature, his power, his blood, his identity, like the things of God is what has gotten me through these years uh, up until now. And so this isn't like, hey, don't worry, I'm gonna help you get there. It's you need to allow God to work in your heart as he did in my heart and has been doing on the sanctifying journey for the last 10 years. So a passage, like, oh man. Okay, like I said, tons of scripture. So I'm just gonna say this now. I know some of you are like, well, why don't you read every verse that you're about to read from every chapter? It would, we'd be here for like hours. So I pulled a lot of scriptures, but just like my homework for you, I'm just gonna say now, is to any passage I reference, go read the full, all, that whole book and go read all those chapters. That's what I'm gonna say. So you can't email me saying you didn't talk about it. I literally am trying to honor y'all's time and honor the people coming after you. So if I speak fast, it's because it, it's on the screen, you have a Bible, you have a week, go ahead and unpack it. But the passage I wanted the Lord, that the, the, the Lord like highlighted to me was starting in Romans seven. So I'm gonna read a few verses from here and then we'll keep going. And I'm highlighting this passage because the Lord was reminding me this is where I was at during this time of my life specifically of this like tension of like, okay, flesh, spirit, sin, identity, sinner, saint. So here we go. Chapter seven, starting in verse 14, it says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do every, the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in the flesh. For I, have the, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm stopping there with that question because that's where I was for so many years, is who could rescue me? Who could help me? Because I obviously am incapable as a human, but as, as a man, I just was, I, I could not clean myself up. 
And I, I would like to think that at least one of you in this room can relate to what it was like for me, not just in that season of my life, of like, man, I'm, I'm in the church, I wanna serve the church, I'm fired up by life group, I'm fired about the conference, but I just had so much sin in my life that I wasn't willing to either part ways from or believe that he wanted to set me free from. Which is why I had y'all repeat back to me, it's actually, what's well, from Leviticus, but First Peter 1.15, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in, your, in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That was one area that I really struggled with for so many years was this kind of sinner versus saint uh, kind of tension. And you've probably heard me say this before, uh, but really what I'm trying to say in, in, in summary is that like when you choose to give your life to Jesus, you do not need to identify yourself as a sinner, meaning this is like how I'll be forever. You, actually, I could argue that scripturally, which we'll get to in a second, he identifies you as a saint or as a son or a daughter of God, and then he lays out for you what life looks like with him for all eternity, or from all until eternity, because that's a whole other topic I could talk about. So by stepping into the identity that Jesus died for us and helping us demonstrate our love for God is also in walking in holiness, which is what I'm hoping to unpack this morning. So again, I'm gonna look at a few verses uh, from Paul. So, so really, as I, was, as I was identifying myself with scripture, I was looking at Paul and I was like, well, why don't we just stay on Paul? You know, wrote about 13, I think, of the New Testament scriptures. But really, I, I see there's like still a consistent theme in Paul's writings uh, when I look at the whole systematic uh, word of God. And so again, I'm trying my best here, but just hang with me and you'll see how this all ties in. But I wanna, I wanna hone in on this, ident this identity piece of like even a saint. So if you don't even try to flip with me, just look on screen. So Romans verses one and seven says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Verse seven, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go over to Corinth. It says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Second book of Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Only a couple more, I promise. Paul and Timothy, servants for Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Last one here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from our God and our Father. So again, you're probably, probably wondering why, or maybe not now, but why I'm highlighting and emphasizing this word saints. You know, it was interesting, even this last week, just in my own time with God, just reading through different passages in Corinthians and even Ephesians, um, and understanding Paul's 
like firm sternness with to not let certain sin, let's talk about Corinth, even be named among you. He said there was sin that they were, they were committing that shouldn't even be named among the pagans. But what does he start that book with? You saints. And I believe because he understood their identity and who they were in Christ, they may not have been living up to what Christ had called them to live by, but he still saw them, I believe, as Christ saw them. And I sometimes have wondered, do we see ourselves as Christ sees us? Because you, church, are saints. I know that can get confusing, you know, the different saints. Uh, uh, I'm not even gonna say anything else on that. So I know that can be confusing, but you are children of God, you are saints, you are sons and daughters of God. You are actually also a new creation in Christ if you've chosen to commit your life to him. You have been made new and you've been washed by the blood of Jesus if you've accepted him as your life, in your life as Lord and Savior. And so we see how Paul is reminding those who are in the church in, in different places geographically who they are in Christ with the same identity piece of saints but as sons and daughters of Christ. So if you thought that was a lot of scripture I was talking about, not even close. Doing great on time. All right, so again, I want to highlight now, and I'll take some breaks here, but, but in my personal journey, what it was like to read through the scriptures and, and to tie back in what I struggled with from Romans 7, of like, I just, I do what I do not want. I don't do what I want. You know, it's a little tongue, tongue twister there. Um, and so really the best thing I could do is read the passages that have made me come alive, again, by the grace of God, not by my own doing, but by the word of the Lord. So I'm gonna literally start from Romans 6. We're gonna end in Romans 8. I'm just gonna tell you, I'm not reading every passage, but we're gonna, we're gonna get into it here. First one, Romans 6 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So we already see that contrast there's some lies that we can continue to sin for grace covers it, uh, or there's some truth, which is we are dead to sin, we are buried to the flesh, and we have been given a way to walk in newness of life. Okay, what's up, Jay Stone? I didn't think we were gonna do that. All right, these are some of my notes. I didn't know he was gonna do that. Well, there you go. All right, let's continue verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. So again, some lies here is that our instruments are for unrighteousness, and that we're under the law or our instruments are for righteousness, which is the truth, and that sin has no dominion over you and that you are under grace. Verse 17, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as one, just you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to the lawless 
lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were, sl when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. So we see some lies here, that we are slaves of sin, slaves to sin still, and that we're slaves to impurity and lawlessness. Yet the truth is that we, are, we can be obedient from the heart and be slaves to righteousness, slaves of righteousness leading to sanctification, and lives that are filled with fruit of eternal life. And I even love this, is the fruit you get leading in this life of sanctification and its end, eternal life. I'll get to that in a little bit. But it's not just for eternal life when we go to heaven. Uh, this is for on this side of heaven. This side on earth is the fruit, I believe, that has been given to us to glorify the Lord. All right, so I already read this earlier, but I'm gonna read it again. We're gonna start back in Romans 7. I'm gonna read verse six and then we'll hop to 13. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh." sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I, do not, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But in my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. This is where we stopped earlier. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And don't worry, we're gonna continue to ape, but he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So again, we see here that which is good brings death to me. That's a lie, but that sin produces death. That is truth, right? For the wages of sin is death, we understand that. So again, a lot of my life I would have just stopped there with this wrestling of, well, there's this, this war being waged in my body, now what? In my mind, now what? We'll read Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the, thing, on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 
Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, church, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Church, the lie is that we only live out of the flesh. There's no other option. Whereas the truth is that we are now in the Spirit who can live and be led by the Spirit and that we are sons and daughters of God. I'm gonna reread Romans 8, 11. It says that the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. If you are a believer in this room, the Spirit of God dwells in you and he longs to give life to your mortal bodies. Church, I love that our vision statement is to present to Christ a radiant church ready for his return. I believe that is a call for each and every one of us in this room as individuals. Because when I've thought of all these scriptures and I've, I've, I've dwelled with them and I've allowed them to transform my mind and transform my heart and transform the longings of my flesh, I believe that is when we become even more radiant in Christ Jesus. And when I've thought of the different families represented in here, the different roommates, households, I think of this church as one that is radiant and ready. I believe it's that independent call, an individual call that we all have if we choose to, to believe the scriptures and saying and believing who God's called us to be. Church, I, I just couldn't help but sitting with him and saying like, man, what would this look like if a church chose to believe this word of, the word of the Lord? To understand our identities in him as a son and as a daughter. That, was, that which was so debilitating to me for so many years was this false identity of what the, the world was wanting to tell me who I was instead of allowing the, the word of God and the spirit of God to minister to my heart. I'm not saying as a believer and even as a saint, as we've seen in the scriptures, that you cannot choose sin. You can, and I did for way too long. There's sin that I, I would long to choose because of my flesh. What I'm saying is that that's not a, a system of belief or an operating system of your mind that you need to be continually living out of. I'm saying if you saw yourself as God sees you, it would totally change the trajectory of your everyday. I, I promise you. That's what's been happening for 10 years of my life. I don't have the, the data, I can't show you the spreadsheets, but I can tell you from the fruit of my life, which only brings God's glory, not to self-promote myself, I believe he'd look to me and say, well done, you good and faithful servant, because you've stewarded his, my word. And I believe that's for us in this room today. Like I said, I told you I was gonna read tons of scripture, but it's because really I, I didn't know how else to convey my heart to you. That this is a transformative 
message, a transformative word from the Lord that really, if there's a problem in your mind and heart with wrestling, that's okay, you're wrestling with the Lord. And I tell you, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. He would rather you draw near to him and not understand what he's saying, but then to say, I wanna understand what you have to say. Not what Kevin's saying. I'm not telling you to look at my life and say, well, his life looks great, so let me look like that. I want you to look as he's called you to look, which is through his word. That's my heart for you, church. That's my hope for our college ministry. That's my hope for this, this church. That's my hope for the, my family, my daughters, my son. I wanted that when I was in the workplace at the fire department. I wanted people that would say, I wanna be set apart. It's uncomfortable. It is. I, I know that. It can be inconvenient. I understand that as well. Even as a college student, I may not have been in college, but I was college age. The same things that I want to do as a college age, the same that y'all want to do, is to be a little bit more part of the world. Because the ones around you are like, well, why not? It's not that bad. But really, what we're being called to by the Lord is to be set apart, is to be holy, as he is holy. Uh, if y'all want to come on up please. Church, that is, that is like where I want to land, is I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what the last 10 years or the last 10 minutes of your life have been like, but I'm telling you what your inheritance is as a son and daughter of God. You may not believe the words come out of my mouth, but I implore you and I encourage you to read the scriptures that the Lord has laid out. It's not just Paul's writings. It's all throughout scripture. What he has for you, what he wants for you, what he longs for you as his children. And that is my hope as we like respond this morning. So if you guys want to even just stand up with me. It can feel like a lot, but really it's simple in our response. It's Lord, what are the lies that I've been believing about myself? What are the lies I'm believing about the church? I hope you hear too, we're, I'm not trying to say as a church that we're trying to set a bar. At Antioch, we're not saying, all right, this is the bar and this is where we need you to be. Really, what I'm trying to do this morning is say, hey, as a church, we wanna reveal the bar. We wanna say there's a bar been set by Jesus. Now, what does it look like to be a church that pursues to honor him by living and believing Jesus and what he says? So if you're in here and you're like, man, there's just sin that I've been living with or, or, or I've been, been struggling with, I'll even invite some of our prayer team or you know, our, our life group leaders, come on up. If you wanna just stay at your seats, that's fine. I wanted to just create a space for you to, to hear from God. May not be audibly, but it may just be in your heart to say, Lord, I wanna be set free. Lord, I want to, to hear, hear again what your identity is for me. But I want you to be able to, to know that, that he loves you, that he is not discouraged or ashamed of you, because that is what, that, that's what dictated my life all too long, was, well, well, how do I just fix myself? How do I get myself more clean? When it was just like, Lord, I actually, I'm so tired. I don't wanna continue this fight on my own anymore. That is when I began to see a transformation in my life, is when I believed what he said about me. And so there might be those of you in this room who are like, man, I've identified too much as a sinner and that I'm hopeless and that this life that I'm living, I, it's just, it's gonna be a crawl. 
I had this picture of myself when I was younger, uh, like that 17, 18, nine year old window that I, I was like beaten and battered and bleeding and I was laying on the ground. I'm sorry this is graphic, but it was real. I was laying on the ground and I was like, man, until I go home or he returns, I'm just gonna crawl and, and pursue the one that's perfect. I'm gonna pursue the one that is clean and holy and blameless. And I just saw in, in, in this picture where the Lord just came back to me and he picked me up and he washed me white as snow. He said, will you just walk with me? Will you walk in what I've laid out for you? Because for too long, I, I, I didn't believe in his power. I didn't believe in his transformative nature that it could apply to me on this side of heaven. And that's what I'm saying, church, is, is we can be radiant and ready whether you go home today or tomorrow or he comes back today or tomorrow, that is like the cry of my heart, is that we would demonstrate our love for God by walking in holiness. It's not to, it's not to compare our lives to one another, it's to say, Lord, how do I love you more by walking and choosing to be set apart? So I'm gonna pray for us this morning and however you feel led, you don't have to come get prayer. I would encourage you to get prayer. If you're confused, if you're just like, God, I just wanna sit with you, just sit with him. But I, I believe there is something in this morning for you, what he wants to speak to you. And so Father God, I just thank you for every single person in this room. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come and move even right now. Would you just burn on the hearts of those that are unsure of what your word says and would you just make it that much more clear for them this morning that you love them, that you see them, that you do not speak condemnation over them, but you say for those who are in Christ Jesus, you have been set free in Christ Jesus. And so Lord, I just pray that we would begin to believe the identity and the call of God that you have for every single person in this room, as a son, as a daughter, as a man, as a woman, as young or old, it doesn't matter. It can start today. Freedom can start today. We said it. Not only are you holy as we are holy in you, but Lord, you said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So Lord, we recognize and say, we declare that there is freedom in this room right now because we're choosing to dwell with you, Holy Spirit, that there is freedom being released in this room. It may not just be sexual sin, it may be anxiety, it may be depression, it may be anger. Whatever it is, Lord, would you set us free this morning? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.